Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, ordinary rhythms of life. And one tool that we are trying to provide for you to do that is what we call theology for everyone. Theology isn't just for theological eggheads. It's not just for pastors and deacons and, you know, nerds, right? We all need good theology because we live out of our deep, our deeply held beliefs about God. We're just, that's how God made us. So if we believe God to be um, a distant father, then we are going to live like God's a distant father. If we live, if we believe that God is cruel, we're going to live like God is cruel and that's going to affect our life. And so we want to bring correction to our faulty ideas of God, our faulty theology. That's what we're wanting to do in this podcast. And so today I've got my pastoral assistant, Kevin Noor, with us. Hey, guys. And I've got our deacon of youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? And our goal today is to work through our chapter 12 of the Westminster Confession of Faith. And we're going to work. It's just one article. It's easy. We're going to work through it. This chapter 12 is of adoption. And I'm going to tell you this, this chapter, even though it's one article, is one of the highest privileges of a child of God. Mm. It's the highest privilege of the gospel. It's the highest privilege of a Christian. Um, Going to heaven when we die is not of greater importance than this doctrine that we're going to talk about today, the doctrine of adoption. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and read it. I'm going to look at some scriptures, and we'll talk about it. Here it is. All those that are justified, remember justification is about having the wrath of God turned away from us and us being made right with God immediately because of the work of Christ and because us putting our faith in Jesus Christ. So all those who are justified, God, I hate this word, vouchesifeth, okay, in and for his only son, Jesus Christ. He vows, okay, in and for his only son, Jesus Christ, to make partakers of the grace of adoption, by which they are taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God. They have his name put upon them. Receive the spirit of adoption. Have access to the throne of grace with boldness. Are enabled to cry, Abba, Father. Are pitied, protected, provided for, and chastened by him as by a father. Yet never cast off, but sealed to the day of redemption. And inherit the promises as heirs of everlasting salvation. Now, in one sense, I am reminded here of Psalm 103, the Psalm of David that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. This article is all about the benefits of being in Christ. 
the benefits of being a Christian. And the highest benefit of all of that is we are adopted into the family of God by sheer grace. So let's go through this because, guys, this concept needs to be at the forefront of your mind. This will affect the way you read your Bible. This will affect the way you pray. This will affect the way that you relate to your children. This will affect the way that you relate to your missional community. This will affect the way that you go about your work in a day in and day out basis. If you know for certain that you are a loved child of God based upon the work of Jesus and not your own work, it gives you a settledness. It gives you a confidence. It gives you a boldness. It gives you this ability to not be swayed by the winds that blow in our culture. Just Mm. gives you like a rootedness. And so I think this is a very important topic for us to discuss today. So, remember the golden chain of salvation, predestination, right? Election, calling. Um, The gospel call comes to us. Then we have justification. So he says here, all those that are justified, God vouches the fifth what the what is this word kevin you better define this for me bro i hope you've got it because i think it means vows but i don't i'm not 100 sure do you know what that word means teach us kevin it's vouch safeth vouch safeth yes he he vouches for us to stay safe okay that's a great word man dang we don't use that word okay in and for his only son jesus christ so he keeps us safe he vouches for us he keeps us safe in and for his only son, Jesus Christ. Look, to make partakers of the grace of adoption. So, golden, golden chain of salvation. If he's justified us, he's also adopted us. He's yeah. brought us into his family. It's the grace of adoption. Not based on our own works that we should boast, but because of the work of Jesus. By which they are taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children's children of God, right? Forget not all his benefits. There are great benefits to being in the in the family of God. So for some people that might not know, like when the, when does that adoption process start? Or when well, does it happen? It, it takes place when you theoretically let's just say it takes place when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the easiest way to say it. Right? He calls us. Um, he justifies us. He gives us his Holy Spirit. We, he gives us faith. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. Boom. We're adopted into the family of God. Okay? And then when we're, we're adopted by sheer grace, we get to enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God. Do we have a text for that? Ephesians 1, 5. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And then 1 John 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So we see here that salvation is not a mechanistic process. It's not, you know, God just writing numbers on a, on a board. They get in, they get out. But it's relational. Mm-hmm. It's familial. Mm-hmm. He's ordaining us, predestining us, to be adopted into his family. He's literally, you could say he's walking down the aisles of the orphanage and choosing his children. Mm. And if we've believed in Christ, that's us. 
Yeah. He chose us. And he didn't choose us because we had a shirt on that said, you know, this one's going to be a savant, right? This mm-hmm. one's going to be an expert. This one's going to be amazing. He just, he chooses us out of sheer grace. They have his name put upon them. They receive the spirit of adoption. They have access to the throne of grace with boldness. Now I heard, I don't even need a text for this. One of the most potent illustrations I've ever heard of this was from Tim Keller at a Together for the Gospel conference. It could be Gospel Coalition conference. I can't remember 100%. But he said this. No one has the privilege, the audacity, or the access to wake a king up in the middle of the night for a glass of water Mm. except his son or daughter. That's the kind of access we've been given to God, Hmm. our Father. So just think about that. You know, there are no city planners that get to wake the the king up, right? There's nothing, nobody gets access to the king like that for some trivial need, like a glass of water, except his own children. Hmm. And yet being made children of God and adopted into his family and given the spirit of adoption, that's exactly the kind of access we've been given to the Father. We get to pray about stubbed toes and missing pets. We get to pray about tests coming up and, you know, loves that we lost, like Mm. girlfriends and this. Things that in the grand scheme of things can be very minuscule and very trivial, we get that kind of access and God himself as a loving, kind, gracious Father says, bring me those needs. Mm. Yeah. Bring me those needs. Yeah. <laughs> Think about this, man. God is managing the affairs of the universe. Mm. God's thinking about climate change and God's thinking about political turmoil. God's thinking about what's going on in Cuba and what's going on in Iraq and Afghanistan and in America. God's looking over all the coronavirus and all of the different craziness that have a potential to ruin our planet and ruin our civilization. God's managing all of those things, and yet he says, hey, man, your knee hurts? Yeah, you should pray about that. Mm. Bring that to your father, because your father yeah. cares for you, right? He, don't, he, he never takes time off either. You know? He never takes time off. That's good. <clears throat> okay. So we've been access to the throne of grace with boldness. And we are enabled to cry, Abba, Father. So he gives us the Holy Spirit that it actually compels us to to pray to God as our Father. Mm. We're pitied. Now, that means he knows our frame. Again, Psalm 103 tells us this, that he knows our frame. Protected. This is a thought that just strikes me. Every single one of God's children are invincible hmm. until their time is up. Like we are 100% protected. Salvation is our wall. Salvation is our bulwark. God protects us until it's our time to go be with him. You know what I mean? So the devil can't steal one minute, one second from our life. Not only that, but we're protected 
we can't lose our salvation. Mm-hmm. Jesus, what, what does it look like for him to protect us, like in the now? Well, it means protecting us from temptation. It means protecting us from losing our own salvation because we're all proud and we could easily walk away from him. It means that the, Jesus said that he's never lost a sheep that the Father has given him. So he's going to protect us. He's going to deliver us um, complete on the day of our salvation that we can't lose our salvation. He's also going to protect us um, every single one of our sicknesses and pains and problems. They're going to end in one of two ways. Number one, they're going to end in our deliverance and bringing God glory. Or two, they're going to deliver us to glory. And mm-hmm. we're going to be delivered not from them, but we're going to be delivered to the, through them yeah. to God. You know, and we'll be ultimately healed in the new heavens and the new earth. So they're pitied, they're protected, they're provided for and chastened by him as a father. We got a text for that one? Chastened. Yeah, that's Hebrews 12, 6. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. So, chastises, it means he brings correction, he rebukes, he's going to straighten us out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that's a good gift of being a son is God's going to bring correction to us. So, mm-hmm. he's going to bring negative situations in our life, he's going to convict us by the Holy Spirit, he's going to convict us by the Word, and he's going to bring correction to us. That's one of the things that he's meant to do, to, to keep us from ruining our life, right? Yeah. It's a gift of being adopted into the family of God. <clears throat> Yet, in his chastising, he's never going to cast us off, right? I'm, <clears throat> I'm reminded of this from, again, I'm, I'm like in Psalm 103 right now. So it says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, mm-hmm. slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide. Chide is another word for chastise. Mm-hmm. Nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Look at this. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. What a gift. Yeah. Right? So we're rebuked, we're corrected, we're disciplined, yet he never cast us off, but sealed to the day of redemption. What text do we have for that one, Kevin? Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So what does that mean? That means when God sets his seal upon us, he's put his name upon us. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Hmm. We can't lose our salvation. Come hell or high water, ups and downs, ebbs and flows, he is going to save us. He's going to deliver us to the kingdom once and for all. So sealed to the day of redemption and inherit the promises. Text. It's Hebrews 6.12. So that you may not be sluggish, but immortors of... Imitators. Imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So, God has given us promises in his word. He's given us as children, he's given us promises. Like, children, obey your parents and it'll go well for you. That's a promise, right? Put your faith in me and I will take care of you. Again, um, bless the Lord all my soul, forget not all of his benefits. God's given his children promises. Like, if we walk by faith, 
Like, what did he do with Abraham? I'm going to make you a father of many nations. If you trust in my promise and you obey me, these things are going to happen, right? Raise up your children, right? And raise up your children, the fear and admonition of the Lord, right? Raise your children up in the the way of the Lord, and they will not depart from him. These are promises that have been given to us, right? And uh, we need to lean into those promises from our gracious Father. As heirs of everlasting salvation. Last text. First Peter 1, 3, and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to, inherit, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Oh, that's good. Everything we earn in this life is perishable. All of our, you know, our 401k, our homes, our health, our bodies, our talent, everything we have can be taken from us in a moment. And yet the inheritance that Jesus Christ or the Father has given us through Jesus Christ is imperishable. That we'll have a crown, that we'll have a kingdom, that we'll have a family that we can't lose, that we'll have salvation, that we'll have the new heavens and new earth, all of that inheritance is imperishable. Mm. And it all become it all comes to us because of our intimate connection to Jesus and our inti- intimate connection to the Father mm-hmm. by the grace of Jesus, right? We've been adopted into this family and therefore our Father, who is rich in mercy, who is rich in grace, who is rich in everything, rich in culture, rich in beauty, rich in holiness, that his possession will become ours yeah, yeah. in the new heavens and new earth. And so in one sense, I, I think we can, never, we can never get past thinking about adoption, thinking about being sons and daughters of God. Yeah. Many times people, yeah, 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 no big deal. This isn't like people, oh yeah, we're all sons of God. No, we're not all sons of God. Some of us are sons of Adam. <laughs> Some mm-hmm. of us are, you know, like, this this is a special privileged position for those who are in Christ. This has been purchased for us by Jesus Christ. When he ransomed us from the world and he purchased us and given and he gives us grace in Jesus Christ, this is the inheritance of those that I am now a son of God. Yeah. Now that is a reality that needs to make its way into our daily life. Mm -hmm. Too many of us live our day-to-day life like we're slaves Mm. instead of like we're sons. We live like we're still trying to earn our righteousness, still trying to prove our worth, still trying to get God's attention by all of our good deeds instead of just resting and worshiping and enjoying we're in the family. Yeah. By the sheer grace of God. Why do you think it's so easy for us to take that for granted? Like, oh, yeah, you know, our father and then live the rest of life, whatever. Well, my first response is because we're not thinking about it. <laughs> we're not thinking deeply. Um, what's your, what do you think? I think it goes back to that our hearts tend to reset to the law. Um, it's, 
it's a lot it feels a lot easier to just do it all myself but that's that's not the gospel and so when we get into that mindset of well I can do it that I mean it's like uh, any of our children who get into that mindset it's like well I'll do it myself well, would you like help well no I'll do it and then you just get locked into stubbornness and foolishness mm. and I think too just a lot of people just don't understand the freedom of mm-hmm. being adopted into the family yeah. and there's no one that could take that from you not your boss not your the people that you're around in community um, but the good news is when God says you're adopted like it's final yeah. no yeah. one can take that from you and I, I pray that a lot of people can live out of that um, and it uh, and, and can grow in the midst of understanding who their true father actually yeah. is. I think that's good. I think you're right. I think you're both right. I think scripture tells us we have basically three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hmm. And I think all of those are set against us to believe that we're really adopted. <clears throat> yeah. Like, So we get adopted by sheer grace, right? Nothing we could ever do. Mm-hmm. We believe that, and now we're adopted. Praise God. But then the devil comes in and tempts us to sin, mm-hmm. right? We sin. So the devil's like, do this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so much fun. Da, 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 da. We do it, and as soon as we do it, the devil turns on us and now becomes an accuser. I can't believe you did that. Yeah. You did that. You know what the father's going to think of that? <laughs> father's going to kick you out of his family. I can't believe you did that. You, you're not a Christian. You're not in the... Right, so he tempts us, and then he becomes an accuser. Yeah, and our flesh is based in the law, mm-hmm. and so our flesh goes, "Yeah, he's right. You you probably aren't even a Christian, mm. right?" And then the world, everybody else is living that way. Yeah, you, you you either do good and you're accepted, or you do bad and you're canceled, or you're you know, there's just get get rid of this guy because he's terrible. Right, there is no grace. But that's not the way the family of God works. God adopts us knowing that we're sinful. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And so all of our past, present, future sins have been crucified with Christ. And so no sin of ours can separate us from the love of the Father. Right? And so I think all those things work to get us to think that we're separated or to feel like we're broken and that we're beyond repair, and that God would kick us out of his family. And yet we need to constantly remind ourselves of the truth of the gospel, that the righteousness of Christ is counted as ours. Like, we are counted. We are the righteousness of Christ. Like, we've been given that by a gift, and God's accepted that gift, and he could never, like, not accept it. Mm-hmm. It's already done it. It's yeah. already done it. It's final, final deal. And so we are adopted, and there is no kicking us out of the family of God. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. <clears throat> so well, I wonder if there's um, kind of a a low view of what it means to be adopted. Because I'm thinking we still face persecution, ridicule, and all that. I, I wonder how many of us have the underlying mindset of, well, if I'm adopted, then my whole life's going to be perfect, and I'll never suffer. Oof. Well, there's one problem with that thought, and that is the only true son. Of God. Exactly. <laughs> he died on a blasted cross. Yeah. Right? Like, that should be a hint at what's to come for us. So if the true son of God, 
was persecuted, was cursed, was lied about, was imprisoned, was crucified. Well, then how much more so for the adopted children? And he promises us the same. Yeah, he said same thing. They're going to hate you. They hated me. They hated, they hated me. They're going to hate you. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it is difficult to look at the circumstances of our life and say, well, if God really loved me, he wouldn't allow this into my life. That's a human response. We should go read the book of Job and see if we can compare our sufferings with Job mm. and then go read the Gospels and see if we can compare our suffering with Jesus. And if you've suffered more than Jesus <laughs> and you've suffered more than Job, then maybe you have an argument. But I'm being facetious because I don't think you've suffered either of those because probably very few people have suffered as much as Job and certainly not um, as much as Jesus being the only sinless sufferer. Yeah. who didn't deserve anything that came to him. Yeah. So it doesn't change the fact that our suffering is real and it does cloud our vision, mm-hmm. but it's just like a cloud. Think of a cloud in the sky. It blots out the sun and you can't feel the warmth of the sun. You can't see the rays of the sun, but the sun is still there. Mm-hmm. And that's what suffering is for the Christian. James yeah. says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah. You know, the, the cloud will block the sun for a moment, but be patient, trust the Lord, and the sun will come out. Because you're adopted. It always does, because mm-hmm. you're adopted. You are loved, and even, and here's a, a great truth, Romans eight twenty eight right? If you are adopted and you're the family of God, all things work together for the good, not of everyone. This bull crap that people talk about, the universe will work it out. The mm-hmm. universe is working all things for your good. The universe is trying to kill you every second of every day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But God is working all things out for the good of his children. That's the truth of this. That's one of the benefits of adoption. So believer, be bold. Have joy. Be confident in this. Rest in this. Put your head on the pillow tonight knowing you're sleeping because you're a created being and you are not the God of the universe, but the God of the universe who never sleeps is your Father, mm-hmm. and he's working all things out for you. He has compassion on you, and he loves you. And he's taken your sin, and he's separated him from you as far as the east is from the west. Well, hopefully this quick one, I mean one article. It was just one article today. That's all that's in um, this chapter on adoption. So hopefully this was beneficial to you. If you have any questions, please email us. You can email me, Dean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We hope this is a blessing to you. God bless.